Welcome back to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. Today, we're going to be digging into meal prep introduction and diving into some of the basics of nutrition. So I think it is important before we just jump right into how do we prep meals? How do we be successful in that area to really understand what are macronutrients? What's their purpose? What are the different ones? And how do we make sure that we're getting each of them in every single meal that we have? So today we're going to cover the basics behind the big three macronutrients. So essentially when we're talking about nutrition, we're really just talking about the science that's studying the relationship of food for optimal health and performance, which is probably why you're here if you want to figure out how to do that for yourself. An analogy that I really like to use is thinking about food as fuel, like you would put fuel in your car. So if you want your body to be able to run at its optimal capacity and run at its best, you really need to be mindful about the stuff that you're putting in your body so that you can be your strongest. Just like you, when you want your car to run, you put a specific type of fuel in it. You don't try to put something like soda in your car because you know that's not going to help it run. So the food that you put in your body is going to dictate how it's going to function and how it's going to work. And Food can be a really complex issue because a lot of us come from families that maybe didn't eat the best, and that's essentially where we had our first experiences with food. That's where we learned how to either cook or not cook, and it really does affect how we view food today is how our families taught us to approach and view food when we were living at home with our parents. And... Sometimes we eat things just simply because that's what we ate growing up or we're going to eat certain things because we feel stressed. And today, one of my goals is to help you start to shift your view of nutrition and not just think of it as something that you have to eat because that's the way that you've always done it, but to consider that there's different ways to do it. There's, there's things that you can learn and you can actually change your taste buds to like certain things. If you don't like certain things right now, that doesn't mean that it always has to be that way. You can actually change that. And instead of thinking of food as good food versus bad food, I want you to start to think of it as either having a high nutrient density or having a low nutrient density. So Food itself can be a form of medicine in Western culture in the United States. We don't often hear about this from doctors because that's not the way that they're trained in medical school. Unless you're going to a naturopathic doctor or a functional doctor, but traditional medical school, you're taught to look at the person, diagnose the problem and prescribe a medication. But Today, we're going to talk about the basics behind macronutrients and how nutrition can actually be medicine, and you can actually be super proactive for your own health just by being a little bit more knowledgeable and kind of getting rid of some of that confusion and fear centered around food if you just understand some of the basics. So let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where we as everyday women choose to make health simple. We fuel ourselves mindfully and move intentionally. When we aren't lifting weights, spending time with people we love, or enjoying nature in our downtime, you can probably find us chilling in our yoga pants, wearing blue light blocker glasses before bed, so we can get amazing sleep and wake up feeling ready to conquer the day. (laughs) 
I'm Kelsey Miller, kinesiology prof and founder of Smart Bells Fitness. I'm your new fitness BFF who's obsessed with helping you simplify your health. Eating, lifting, and managing stress doesn't have to be complicated. And here you'll learn how to implement bite-sized habits that will change your life. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get pumped up for today's show. So to start, I want you to think about how much food is processed or not processed. And the more a food is processed, essentially the lower nutrient density that food is going to have. If you pull a food right out of your garden, if you have a garden or you enjoy gardening, for example, if you pull a apple right off the tree or a strawberry from the bush, that's super high nutrient dense. That's a super high nutrient dense food because you're getting it in its original form from the plant, from the ground. You're not adding anything to it. You're not taking anything away. If you think about what happens if you take a strawberry and you eat the strawberry compared to you having like strawberry syrup on your pancakes or you having strawberry flavored ice cream or some type of juice, that is going to be way less nutrient dense and probably have a lot of added and processed sugars and things like that. So the more that we can shoot for higher amounts of foods in their whole forms, the more nutrient dense we're going to get. So that's a really basic way to think about the food that you're eating. Macronutrients, there's three. So you have carbohydrates, you have proteins, and you have fats. So first we'll talk about carbs. And carbs get a really bad rap, especially with women. I can't tell you how many times I've heard women say to me, I can't have carbs, I can't eat them, I have to cut them out. And there's a lot of fad diets too that also talk about completely eliminating carbohydrates. But what I want you to think about is when you're making a lifestyle change, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's related to food, exercise, stress management, any of the big three that we talk about on this show, it has to be sustainable. And typically things that are super extreme are not sustainable. So when we're talking about carbohydrates, you've got simple carbs and you've got complex carbs. Carbs have about four calories per gram And simple carbs, I want you to think of more processed carbs, okay? So they don't have as many nutrients. Having too many of them are associated with adverse health outcomes like obesity, type 2 diabetes, risk of cardiovascular disease, etc. I'm not saying totally restrict these and never eat them ever, but just be mindful of when you are eating them and have them every once in a while because things like, so this would be things like donuts, cookies, things that have been really processed down and they just don't have a ton of nutrient density in the food anymore. One way you can start to do this is think through, do I have a favorite, like, do I have a favorite simple sugar? Do I have a favorite type of a treat? And some people will really like cookies. Some people really like donuts or ice cream or even juice, but If you start to pay attention to how much added sugar is actually in that drink, the recommended amount of added sugar per day for women is only six teaspoons, you guys. So six teaspoons a day, that's essentially talking like 25 grams of sugar a day of added sugar, which is like 100 calories and this this is not talking about sugar from fruit. Um, but when you start to look at 
labels of things, you'll really start to see, oh my gosh, this has like, like for example, a one of those Snapple juice containers has a Snapple juice has 10 and a half teaspoons of added sugar. So, and that's juice, right? So I think just starting to pay attention to if you are getting a processed food, how much added sugar is actually in that. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying don't ever have that. Just be mindful of when you do have it. Maybe you have it once a week and that's like a treat that you have and you feel like you're not depriving yourself if you do that. But think about like, what do you like to, especially drinking things? Like, what do you like to drink daily? If it's not primarily coffee, water, or tea, and even with tea, you have to be careful because if it is, if it's not like a tea bag that you're brewing at home, if it's a thing of tea that you buy at the store, a lot of times they dump sugar into that if it's flavored and it's just a lot of extra sugar in your diet. So just pay attention to how much sugar is in your drink. Moving on to the second type of carbs, we've got complex carbs. So these are less processed. Typically they come from whole foods, fruits, veggies, seeds, nuts, things like this starches like potatoes, grains, corn, nuts and seeds are typically thought of as complex carbs. And these are important. So you, st you need complex carbohydrates because they are providing you with energy and it's the body's reservoir of glucose. Glycogen is how carbohydrates are stored in your body. It's stored inside your muscles and your liver. And another thing to just pay attention to with carbohydrates is the glycemic index of a carbohydrate or a sugar. So essentially, it's when you have a number associated with a specific type of food. And it basically talks about how quickly is this type of sugar or carbohydrate being absorbed in my body? So if it's absorbed quickly, it's got a high glycemic index. If it's absorbed slowly, it's got a lower glycemic index. So it's basically talking about the rise and fall of glucose within the blood. One example of this is if you're talking about coconut sugar versus something like cane sugar, coconut sugar has a lower glycemic index, so it doesn't cause that spike in blood glucose the same way that cane sugar does. So again, it's not always bad to have something that's higher glycemic index. Some foods like dates have a really high glycemic index. Watermelon has a really high glycemic index, but just be aware that that, that is going to spike your blood sugar up and down. So if you're trying to kind of maintain that constant state of energy, maybe something like cherries and apple or an orange would be a better thing to choose. So that's a quick rundown of carbohydrates. You do need them. They do provide you energy. And like I mentioned before, you can actually retrain your taste buds. So for example, I am working on this one right now, but I really don't love olives. And I've been trying to incorporate them more into my diet in smaller amounts. And I have started to notice a small difference that I don't hate them as much. So if there is a food that you really want to try to start liking because you realize, gosh, this has so many benefits. Like for example, if you don't like fish, I know a handful of people, including my husband, who don't really love fish. So maybe start with a fish that doesn't taste quite as fishy and try to have that a small amount for like a week and you actually, there's been research that's 
been shown that if you can have something every day for a week, you'll start to actually retrain your taste buds, which is super cool. The second macronutrient we're going to jam on is protein. So protein has four calories per gram. This one's super important. And as women, it's the one that we don't actually get enough of. And the reason why that's so vital is because if you are trying to maintain the muscle or increase the amount of muscle on your body and simultaneously lose fat, you have to make sure you're getting enough protein. If you don't have enough protein, it's not going to happen. Things that protein does, it it's used within the body to repair tissues and it also keeps you satiated or full for longer because it takes longer to break down protein than it does carbohydrates or fats. So it also is, it's forming hormones, enzymes, antibodies, all those things. But understanding that you have to have protein in your diet in order for these things to happen is key. Most of this is going to come from animal protein. There is sources, obviously, that come from plants, but animal protein is the most easy way to get protein into your diet. It's complete. I would definitely recommend including animal protein in your diet if you if you don't already do that. And being mindful of where the protein's coming from, this is something that I'm really passionate about with all of the food that I eat, but just paying attention to how how was the, the protein that you're eating raised? What type of um, fuel was that animal given before you're eating it? Because essentially, if that animal was fed grain, for example, like a grain-fed cow is going to have higher amounts of omega-6s, which is an inflammatory fat that most Americans have too much of in their diet already. So if you're eating a lower quality meat that just simply because it's cheaper, you're actually getting a lower quality product. And the protein, while it might say 10 grams, it's not that it's not equated totally to the same type of 10 grams that it would be if it was a grass fed cow. If it's fed grass, it's going to have higher amounts of omega-3s. Omega-3s have been associated with decreasing inflammation, which is a huge issue in Western culture as a whole, just because of the way things are processed. So anytime you can focus on sustainably sourced, organic, free-range, grass-fed, all of these things are really, really helpful when it comes to just getting the best bang for your buck when you're eating protein. Jumping to macronutrient number three, fats or lipids. This is the most dense source of energy that you're going to get. It's got nine calories per gram compared to proteins and carbs, which have four calories per gram each. Okay, so at nine calories per gram, it's the most concentrated source of energy. Fat does a lot for you. It helps store energy. It insulates your body to help keep you warm. It supplies essential fatty acids. It carries fat-soluble vitamins, which are A, D, E, and K, just in case you were curious. And there's different types of fats. So there's unsaturated, saturated, trans fats, fatty acids, and I mentioned a fatty, the fatty acids a second ago, the omega-3s and 6s with the protein consumption, which 
there are foods that kind of hit all three macronutrients, which are great. If there's that crossover in there and the food has fat, carbohydrates, and protein in it, that's awesome. Um, that means that it's probably not processed very much at all and is what you want because it's more nutrient dense. And the more nutrient dense something is, the better fuel it's going to give you. And it's just going to help you show up better for the things that you have to do every day. Okay, the worst type of fat that you can consume is trans fat. And the reason why is because essentially what this is, you find it in a lot of processed foods. Basically, food manufacturers added a hydrogen to the mono or polyunsaturated fats to increase the shelf life on something. So if you've got stuff that is... It's not expiring for like multiple years. That probably has trans fats in it. Saturated fat is necessary. Typically comes from animal origin, has gotten a bad rap in recent years, but is not the main concern um, when it comes to high cholesterol. So that's been a super common misconception is that if you have high saturated fat, you're going to have clogged arteries and high cholesterol, which... Cholesterol is 90% determined by your genetics, and it's not actually the saturated fat that's the problem. It's the inflammation combined with the saturated fat that's the problem. So if we're talking about what's actually going on inside, think of it like this. If you walked into a room and you lit a match and you dropped it on the floor and there was nothing for the match to, to start a fire, it's not really an issue. But if you walk into a room that's covered in gasoline and you light a match and you drop it, it's primed and it's ready. And that's kind of what saturated fat can do in an inflamed environment. So decreasing inflammation is something that I personally have experienced the benefits of, but it's also associated with just reducing the risk for a lot of different diseases and also as women helping keep you as fertile as possible. And when I say as fertile as possible, it it doesn't mean that you have to be trying to have a child, but it, it means that your cycle is well regulated. It means that you're ovulating. It means that things are working the way that they're supposed to with your hormones releasing correctly at different times of the month. And that's what we want. So we don't want to live in an inflamed environment inside our body. Unsaturated fats, there's two types of those, the monounsaturated and polyunsaturated. And so this is like a quick crash course in what are the three big macronutrient components that we're going to talk about when we start talking about meal prep? And I think understanding the basics of these is going to help give you a little bit more perspective when it comes to, oh, okay, I need to have some type of a fat in this meal. Um, what type should I choose? So hopefully this is helpful. We covered carbs, proteins, and fats the basic nutrient densities of each of them. And going forward, I'd really love for you guys to just start thinking about sustainable lifestyle changes and nutrient density. So if we can, if we can just focus on those two things this week and you, you ask yourself, what's one small thing I can do to move the needle forward in my own life when it comes to eating more nutrient dense foods? and actually starting to implement these lifestyle changes, there is probably something really small that you can do. If that sugar section, when I was talking about the added sugars, let's say you drink juice every day, maybe you start 
drinking juice every other day instead of every single day. You get into the habit of that and then you can go a couple days a week and then maybe just one day a week. But it's really important to start small with your habits. If you haven't listened to episode three on this podcast, we talk all about habit building and how you really have to start tiny and the tiny habits are really where the best sustainable lifestyle changes are made. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd strongly recommend listening to that, but hopefully this was helpful. What you choose to eat is essentially going to determine your specific health outcomes and everybody has different nutritional needs. So it's not easy enough to say everybody needs to eat the same exact foods. And, you know, if I'm not having dairy products and this person is, they're doing it wrong and I'm doing it right. So there's a lot of different things to consider, which we'll dive into in the follow-up episode to this. But for now, hopefully that's helpful and I'll see you next time. Hey friend, if you learned something new in today's show, go ahead and take a screenshot of it, post it up in your Insta stories and tag me so I can see it. Don't forget to head to iTunes to leave a review and subscribe to the show if you found value in today's podcast. You can look your best, feel energetic and have more time to spend doing things you love. Let's encourage each other as we pursue simplicity in how we fuel and move so that we can flourish. To connect with me, come find me on Instagram at the Kelsey Lee or on my website, KelseyLeeMiller.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.